The world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layered timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve is available from $995. Current users can download the updates for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagicdesign.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com. And in this episode, it's actually going to be an excerpt from the panels that I did in June. And I'm going to be doing the interactive media panel. We have Adele Major, Evan Schreckman, and Oscar Tillman. Now, in this episode, I'm breaking them up into sections. So in this episode, uh, Adele and Oscar uh, discuss Hotel 626. And what I've done is on AOTG.com slash cutting room, you can actually see an example of the clip. So it's all about this interactive horror film that's hosted from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Now, I'm hoping to get the next two out rather soon, hopefully before next week, and that would be Evan Schreckman's work on the Johnny Cash Project, and then Oscar and Adele talking about the wilderness downtown. Now, if you're enjoying this show, make sure to check out our pals over at That Post Show. Uh, They have great guests on and roundtable discussions. As well, I'm going to be in LA in August, and we're looking to set up a pub night. So if you're wanting to help out in some way, let us know. You can send an email at info at AOTG.com, or you can get us on Twitter at our guillotine. One thing before we get into this, the mics give a bit of feedback. So it just happens for the first couple minutes, uh, and then it sort of clears up. So enjoy part one of the interactive media panel. Why don't we uh, then jump into your backgrounds? So that way you guys can get a sense of who they are. So we'll start with Evan. I'm a basement dweller. I'm your typical pale-faced, pear-shaped basement kid, uh, self-taught in media before computers were all that fashionable. And I went and had a relatively traditional film school education uh, and then left at the end of the second year because you realize that technology usually changes faster than, than institutions can teach it. So I have a background in, um, in IT and systems design and network design and a traditional film school education and, of course, being a hobbyist. And then in 98, I opened up a place called Outpost Digital, which was a next-generation post-production facility, leveraging the generation gap at the time. Uh, people were using DV and all the facilities that existed would tell us that was a joke and that you couldn't do it that way, and then everyone started doing it that way, and obviously... So I leveraged the paradigm shift, and then um, in late 2001, I became a wholly owned subsidiary of Radical Media. I ran Outpost for a little while, and then became the chief technology officer of Radical to bring design and digital uh, to Radical again as a discipline that had been there and uh, it ebbed and flowed o- over, over time since 92. And uh, so I act as a consultant to the production groups, and I kind of oversee post-production and the technology practice there. How about yourself, uh, Adele? Uh, I'm a producer at Be Real. I've worked in digital production for a few years now. And my background, I actually did um, a communication design degree, which, considering I am actually older than I look, um, it's quite amazing that that existed. But it gave me a really great 
kind of foundation in everything from building cardboard chairs that had to support a professor, so hilarity ensued there, and then moving into programming and uh, digital editing. And so I feel like as a producer, it's awesome to have that kind of foundation and understanding of first principles, because like Evan said, this is changing all the time. You start a project and you have no idea necessarily how you can execute it. So um, I actually am super grateful that I have that educational background. And yourself, uh, Oscar? Um, same kind of basement <laughs> dweller type of style. Where, uh, my dad was teacher, so we all had computer at home quite early before other people had computers. And I loved playing around with those. Um, but then I thought I would be a musician for a long time until I started work with it. And I found it's kind of, yeah, perhaps you have to do a lot of stuff to make money. So uh, then I kind of like, internet came along and um, this was like mid-90s where yeah, CD-ROMs got popular, so I started to make like kids' game and educational CD-ROMs. And then, yeah, after that, stuff, you know, you could do more on the internet, because the cool stuff you couldn't really do on the internet. You could click on links but you, and look at a little streaming video, maybe, on your modem. But yeah, when when internet started to like give us more opportunity, I kind of moved over there. I actually met the founder of Biril, Pelle, on the subway in Stockholm, uh, there were three guys there and they had been going for a couple of months and I knew him from some parties and he was like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm making kids game. Oh, great, we're, we need that. Do you want to work with us? And then I've been there yeah, since, yeah, 2000. So, because, because uh, getting back to the transmedia question, it's a terrible term. So why don't we show some of your guys' work and then we can build our, our questions from there. So why don't we start with Hotel 66, guys? This was a project, it was uh, for Doritos, which is um, kind of incredible when you watch it because they insisted on having no branding. You'll notice quite a few triangles in there, but that's kind of it. And um, it's a, an interactive horror film, essentially. And it's yeah, quite old now, I don't know. Yeah, it's 2008, 2008. Yeah. so, I mean, at its time it was kind of groundbreaking oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, it's still pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we still get emails asking us to put it back online. <laughs> So give us a, a bit of background about this in terms of the, uh, the origin point or how did this get started for you? So um, this came from uh, Doritos or Frito-Lays uh, advertising agency uh, and they basically had the, they knew they were bringing back some flavors and it was a Halloween thing so they wanted to do it and brought back some flavors from that and they had this script or idea around a haunted video store with 13 films in it and we said no we don't like that but we'll we'll come up with something and then we gave them this script or uh, uh, yeah they were super brave and their client was great we got away to doing like everything we wanted for instance this phone call at the end here like how the hell that will never happen again and I mean there were a lot of stuff that we just had yeah, we could do whatever, basically. I think it's also, there it wasn't a lot of eyes on it yet because no one knew how successful it would be. Uh, and this was the case that it was made just after its launch. So I, I think, after, you know, it's over 10 million views after, you know. Um, what more to tell about it? We, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you, why, why do you think um, the commercial industries yeah. and the music video oh, industries yeah. are really focusing on this sort of approach to storytelling yeah. and creativity. I think that, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sure. I think it's because it creates such a personal connection. Mm -hmm. It is, I mean, 
you saw just the tip of the iceberg there. The response to this was incredible. I've been trolling YouTube the last few days, actually, watching people have posted themselves playing this game and their reaction, and those videos get two million views, and then people have filmed themselves watching the people who filmed themselves <laughs> playing the game. Like, it's just like Inception for Hotel 66. And just, I feel like people really got sucked into it and really, because you're involving, um, you know, your own personal, uh, well, in this case, photo and phone call, and it feels like it's, you're, you're kind of really involved in it. But I also think that a lot of brands don't, still don't understand that this is really successful for, for what you do. And, you know, you don't, this one didn't have any media really, and then it got off. It's more like they give you some entertainment that they just, you know, present. That's it. But you have to be quite brave in order to do that and not want your, you know, because it's the advertising. Logo, make yeah. the logo yeah, bigger. Or you put your product all over the place. It's, it's different and I think it's still, there's a chance, a great opportunity to do more of these things, I think. But it's hard to find brave clients that want to. These campaigns usually are really a throwback to the early days of advertising when the advertising or the media was a, a gift to you from the sponsor, right, brought to you by. And I think that you're actually seeing that happen a whole lot more often the associative value, this was not it, this was really engaging, but you're seeing people going back and buying associative value and content again. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's, it's more about uh, engaging the audience in some form as opposed to just sticking up a logo. And yeah, you have to vie for our attention, which is both valuable and, and it's the only thing we can't manufacture more of. Well, it's not about interrupting you anymore. Right. It can't be. And I think that, yeah, the brave clients really understand that. And that's why this was so clever. Um, but I think that, yeah, it's a fine line every time. It's hard to fit, come up with a perfect idea that fits a brand to do mm. such a thing. But when you do find it, it can be very successful because it feels like this is just something for me. It's entertaining. It's not trying to push a product. But in the end, they kind of like stays with you anyway. So for something like this, because it is a story, how do you begin the script writing phase where you're, like, how do you figure out where the character comes in and where the, the audience becomes a part uh, of it? I mean, for this one, you know, budgets are not amazing in this, so it starts, like, from all kind of aspects. We have to think about what can we, we have a two-day shoot, and we know that we have to build it in from, you know, basically from we get the brief, in three months this has to be out. So, you know, it's not a very long timeline. So you have to, like, approach it from all angles. Okay, what can we fit in, and what cool shit do we want to do now on the internet? Because that's a huge part of it, giving people firsts. Like these are, they had loads of firsts, this one. So that's also something that takes off and it's so amazing. Wow, I'm, fucking, I'm in the thing, my picture is there, it, the site calls me, all these things that you haven't seen before. We had a thing where, you know, how we use 3D that we hadn't been done on a, on a site before either. So we tried that and then we kind of have all these parameters we try to build a story around it and to be honest like the story is not really that much you know it's a first person experience we don't tell you why you're there we don't tell you anything you just basically wake up and we wanted to make you feel like the person waking up so everything is from first person we put the sound design in that sense you always hear yourself breathing and panting you hear your footsteps everything is from your point of view basically you don't know anything which helped us also to tell this story very quickly we can just you know guide you through this different scenes and try to, you know, yeah, scare you basically. And then you have to figure out how to get out of it. It's just a series of rooms basically where you have to figure out how to make it out alive. Um, so it almost borders like a video game yeah, it's, structure. It's, it's, it is kind of like a video game. But it's, yeah, it still needs that, you know, narrative. I think 
and then what we chose was to put you in there and basically, you know, you don't know why you're there, but you have to get out. And that's, you know, helps also to make it more scary. So, so that was part one. Uh, thanks to Manhattan Edit Workshop, Josh Hafter for setting that up, as well as the American Cinema Editors, and of course, Adele, Oscar, and Evan. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.